Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Of the Lord. Well, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit and his involvement in the life of each one of us really doesn't get taught very often in many churches. It's kind of one of those subject matters that you kind of put off in the corner. You know, like money, you put that off in the corner. Tithing, you put that off in the middle. Serving God, you kind of put that off over here. Because, you know, you don't want to put too much of a burden on the listener. But if, if we would just read the Gospels and how Jesus talked to people, he, he didn't, you know, he took off the gloves every once in a while. Told people just the way it was, amen? And so uh, I think that we have a tendency to baby Christians way too much. I, I, I should have got a louder amen right there. Amen? amen? Glory to God. And so we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and you realize there's a dual work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. First and foremost, we are born of the Spirit. Amen. That's that spiritual birth that Jesus talked about when he was talking to Nick, he said that you must be. He didn't say you might be. He doesn't say you can be. It doesn't if you, if you want to be. He says that you must be what? Born again. Now he was talking about a spiritual birth. The spirit of man was fallen and separated from God. We had a sin condition and the only remedy to that was the acceptance and the receiving of Jesus as our Savior. When we did that, the Holy Spirit came inside of us. How else could we have been born again? Amen? Amen. <laughs> and he came inside of us. He made his home inside of us. And we are now born of the Spirit. And he's in us. Jesus says he'll be in you like a well springing up. That springing up is within us. Amen. That's to help us to, to develop character. To, to lead us and direct us. Amen. Amen. But then Jesus, before he left the earth, before he went up in that cloud to sit down at the right hand of God the Father, he told the church, he told those who were born of the Spirit, he said to them, you just wait here in Jerusalem. Don't go nowhere until you're endued with power and filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. That should give us a clue how important this second work of the Holy Spirit is in the life of the believer. That he's come to not just be inside of us, but he came on us. That is referring to an anointing, an empowerment, the same way that Jesus was anointed when he was baptized by John. It tells us over there in Acts, chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Ghost and with power, and therefore that enabled Jesus to go about and do good. Amen, yes. And that's what he 
has made it available to us. That's why he wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be anointed the same way Jesus was so that you and I could go about and do good. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Now, this is a gift. Therefore, it doesn't require you to be good enough to earn it. It, it doesn't, it's a gift. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to become so spiritual to receive it. It's a gift like salvation. And the only requirement to receive this gift of this endowment from on high, this empowerment, this anointing by the Holy Spirit, is to be a believer. It's interesting. I just heard a testimony uh, from someone last night. And they found out about this gift of the Holy Spirit. And they just asked God for it. Nobody was there. Where he was, there was no one to lay hands on them. And he just says, I accept this gift right now. He sensed the Holy Spirit come upon him. He began to speak words that he hadn't learned by the help of the Holy Spirit. And he began to speak in a heavenly language and with other tongues. You can do that at home. I said, you can do that at home. Jesus will lay his hands on you. Just ask him. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. And then get out of your head, get in your heart, and begin worshiping him. And, and you'll sense words. You'll sense an anointing. And as you begin to vocalize with your breath, with your vocal cords, and you begin to speak those words out that are coming from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll, start be given, you'll be given words, and as you continue to yield, you'll be getting more words, and then it'll be a place where you'll be articulating a heavenly language. Amen. Now, we've been talking about the benefits. Everybody say the benefits. <laughs> you know, I'm the kind of guy that I got to find out what's in it for me before I go ahead and get a hold of something. Well, there's a lot of benefits to being filled to overflowing, to speak in a heavenly language by the help of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about this last week. We talked about how when you pray in other tongues, it's like having a power plant inside you, and you begin generating power that is stored in you like a battery. You can be edified, and that word edified means to charge like a battery. The Bible says over there in 1 Corinthians, Chapter 14, verse 4, it says that person who speaks, notice you have to speak the words. I can pray, I can pray in tongues in my mind and not say anything. But if I'm going to generate power to quicken me, I've got to speak the words. Does that make sense? He says, he that speaketh, in an unknown tongue, a heavenly language, does what? He edifies himself. You know, one of the, the biggest hazards as a Christian is we get run down. And sometimes we don't realize that we're run down. How many of you, and probably recently, you said this to yourself, I need a vacation. There's one right here. Here's another one. Oh, there's a third. Any, any, any more out there? I mean, we say it a lot. There's, yeah, there's another hand. 
We say it a lot. Why do we say I need a vacation? Because we're to that place of weariness. And we think it's physical. And that is part of it. But how many times have you and I came back from, from a vacation? And we say to ourselves, I need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> Every time. Well, you may have refreshed your physical man. You, you may have satisfied and scratched that itch that your physical man had. But guess what? That condition, which was spiritual to begin with, is still the same when you get home. And many times when we get grouchy, many times when we uh, lose our patience, when, many times when we find ourselves, you know, going off where we normally wouldn't, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a fleshly response. But have you ever thought about it's because your spirit man is run down? And it's so run down that your body and flesh is taking over. So you and I need to practice praying in other tongues. Amen. Decide to do it every day. I said this, decide to do it every day. I, I don't know if I should tell you this, but there's been a couple of times that, uh, and my wife will attest to this, that she'll, I'll get a little grumpy, or should I say get a little grumpier, and uh, she'll, she'll say to me, you need to go pray. <laughs> you need to get charged up. <laughs> well... If I need to do it, everybody needs to do it. Amen? Let's take a look at the next benefit of praying with other tongues. Glory to God. Go, you're over there. Were you over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14? Go to the uh, second verse, please. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. It says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue, he speaketh not unto men, but unto God. And primarily, when we are speaking in tongues, in our devotional tongue, and you're going to do this almost 100% of the time, very rarely do I give a public tongue in comparison to how much I pray to God in other tongues. Amen? And so understand that when you're praying to God, you're now in the Lord's presence. And wonderful things happen when you get in his presence. The reason you're getting edified when you pray in other tongues is because you're talking to him. You're in his presence. And, and just by virtue, by being in his presence, you're going to get edified and build up. Remember when Moses came off the mountain? <laughs> the Bible says that his face glowed like a light bulb. Why? Because he was in the presence of pure light Amen. and life. Yes. And it was transferred to him. Amen. Amen. So praying does that. But look what else happens when you're praying to the Lord in other tongues. It says later on in this verse 2, how be it, you see it here, how be it in the spirit. You see the words that you're speaking are emanating or have its origin from the Holy Spirit that's in your spirit. And so this is why your mind kind of fights with us to pray in other tongues. Because you're not speaking to, to those 
in this seen realm. You're speaking to God in the spirit realm. And so your mind doesn't understand all that you're saying. And how many of you know that our mind is nosy? How many of you know that your mind wants to be a part of everything? Right? But it says that your mind, it says that no man understands what you're saying. That includes you. And this is what maybe makes some people wonder why they should speak in something they don't understand. Well, the simple answer is because this is spiritual. It's not mental and it's not physical. Hallelujah. And that's where we rule and reign is in the spirit, not mentally and not physically. And so that's why we need to be over in this place where our spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit upon us, is expressing himself through us. It says, how be it in the spirit you're speaking mysteries. Now, some read this and go, well, it's a mystery because I don't know what I'm saying. Well, that's partially true. But that's not really what the Holy Spirit is saying here in this verse of Scripture. He says that he's speaking a mystery. Meaning that he speaks out those things that you're not aware of. You begin speaking the plan of God. You begin speaking out sometimes the future. You begin touching areas that you're, of your life that you are not aware of. Come on, amen. Yes. And when you begin to speak out mysteries, you begin processing God's plan for your life. Now, understand this, the, 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 most, the, the biggest mystery to you and I tonight is what is tomorrow going to bring? What is next year going to bring? What's the next decade going to bring? You see, the greatest mystery to you and I is what? The future. And so when you begin praying in other tongues, you begin processing some of these things. And in processing these things, sometimes an illumination will come up to your mind and make you mindful of what's to come. Now, years ago, my wife and I, we had gone through Bible school we, we, were, we were in a two-year program, and here it was, May. I was uh, just coming up to graduation. I can't remember this happened after graduation or just prior to it. It was probably afterwards, because I had the time to pray. They kept us pretty busy as students at Rama. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to take some time to pray, because I don't know where the Lord wants us to go. Now, we knew we had to go. Hello? We saw that a lot of people got stuck in Broken Arrow. A lot of people got stuck in Tulsa. They would leave their church. They would come for training, and many considering going back to that same place. But then they would get down into this bubble, as we used to call it. 
and they would get stuck down there because they liked the atmosphere. They liked all the, you know, the friendliness of people in a, a community that the, pr primarily they were all Christians, and they, and they just found a local church down there and just plugged in there. Well, we, didn't, we knew that we were supposed to go. That we weren't sent down there to be trained to stay in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So I went into a time of prayer, and I began to, to go into prayer, and I would tell the Lord, now, now I, I know that you want us to go, but we don't know where. And so I'm going to pray in other tongues. You see, if that verse has the ability to come up, back up again, I began processing my, the mystery that I had. My mystery was, what am I to do in the future? Where is my wife and my family to go? And so I would spend in a day's time somewhere between six to eight hours praying in other tongues. I'd come out occasionally, you know, for, for something to drink. I, I was on a partial fast. And how many of you know that fasting doesn't change God? Did, did you hear what I said? Some people fast, and they, to them it's works, and they think that now God owes them because they're fasting. No, fasting doesn't change God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you know what fasting does? It changes me. It puts me in a position to be more sensitive in the spirit realm. Plus, it gives me more time to pray. You know, when you prepare food, eat food, you could chew up multiple hours of a day. Well, instead of doing that, I was praying. And I can't, well, I can't remember, honey, was it one week or two weeks? It was one week. So I prayed one week, and I kept press, processing mysteries. Remember that scripture says that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue doesn't speak unto man but unto God. How about in the, how be it in the spirit He's praying mysteries. And so I prayed, kept praying, and I started getting light. Now, I never heard a voice during this season of prayer. I didn't have a vision, but I had an inside knowing. That's the, that's the voice of your conscience, the, the inner witness, the witness of the Holy Spirit. And I began to see where the Lord wanted us to be. And, and, and I didn't say, well, that's it. No, I just kept praying. And the more I prayed about it, the more I felt good about where he wanted us to go. And so, had I not been able to pray in other tongues, I'm not sure if I would have seen where to go. Amen. Amen. I mean, when you and I have a direct hotline to the presence of God and you're in his presence and you're seeking him, you're seeking direction, you want to know about the future, it begins rising up inside of you. It's not something that comes mentally. It's not, it's not something that comes as a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's an inner knowing. And the Holy Spirit will allow you to begin seeing things that have yet to come.
Amen. I, I, <laughs> I, I thought about this today, where Mary and I would be today if we hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure I'd be behind this pulpit tonight. There's, there's so many powerful benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. So the second benefit is that you can pray out mysteries. You can pray out direction. You can pray out those things that the Lord would have you to do. How many times have we come across something where we say to ourselves, well, I just don't know. Well, guess what? The knower lives inside of you. If you start allowing him to form words that you're praying, he can show you. Now, again, it's not going to come with some spectacular visitation. No, it's going to come by him leading you with the inward witness, by giving you the knowing by the voice of your spirit, your, your inner consciousness. Amen. So now the next area, and this is probably the most powerful. Well, I'm not sure I can say that. They're all as important as one another. They're all vitally important. It's just another, it's another tool on your tool belt, so to speak, by praying in other tongues. Yeah. The, the third area is that when you pray in other tongues, you have the ability to pray about something that you don't know what the answer is. It allows you to pray for the unknown. Now, now look at this. Go over to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Thanks, Sharon. It says, likewise, the Spirit, and this would be the Holy Spirit, he helps our infirmities. Now, this infirmity is not a disease or a, a sickness. He'll tell us as we continue to read what our weakness is, what our inability is what our infirmity is. It says it's you don't know. How many times in a day do you say, I don't know? I'd like to be able to tell you I never say that. But I, I, I do. And when I say it, I go, now wait a second, that's, that's not true. My mind doesn't know, but the spirit inside me knows. Amen. Well, our infirmity, our weakness as human beings is that we don't know. And how many times have you, you wanted to pray about a situation or you wanted to pray for an individual and you didn't know how you should pray? You see, many times when we pray for a situation, when we pray for an individual, we just pray with what we can see and we know. But many times we're not aware of the root cause of what the problem is. So many times we just pray for the outer symptoms. And how many of you know that that doesn't always uproot the cause of those circumstances or what that person is going through? How, how, how many of you, you hear me on that one tonight? Amen. You see, we, many times, do you realize that if we could be praying for the root problem every time, 
how much more success we would have in prayer. Hallelujah. So our infirmity, our weakness, is we don't know how to pray as we ought or as we should. Now here comes the Holy Spirit that's upon us. But the Spirit, now King James says itself, the Holy Spirit's not an it. How would you like to be called an it? Well, unless you're the one that comes out of the box, you know, the hand. Um, you, you don't want to be an it. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't want to be an it either. He's a divine person. He, he's the third part of the, the Trinity, of the Godhead. It is the Father, it is Jesus the Son, and it is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He is a divine purpose person. He's not a force. He's not an influence, although he will influence. He is a divine person. Amen? It says here that the Spirit himself will make intercession. Now, this is a little blind to us in the King James. It says that he'll make intercession for us. That's not true. He makes intercession with us. See, when you say it this way, he's going to make intercession for me, then I just have to sit back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, pray for me. No, that's not how it works. The Holy Spirit in everything, in terms of our life, he can only work in cooperation with what you're doing, what you're believing for, what you're speaking forth. Amen? And so you have to do the praying. Now remember, his responsibility is to give us unction to pray. It's his responsibility to give us words to pray. Amen? Because you're praying in a language that you didn't learn. So every word you speak will have its origin from him giving it to your spirit and then you articulate it with your voice and your vocal cords. But those words originate from him. So if you turn the prayer session over to him, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to pray for Joe. I see what he's going through. I, I see what's going, in, in, going on in his life, but I don't know how to pray about the cause of what he's going through. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to help me because I don't know how to pray as I should. And so I believe right now, as I begin to pray out the words you give me, you will be praying with me. You will be making intercession with me. Hallelujah. And you just start praying in other tongues. Now, when you do, sometimes it'll sense like you're the one that's speaking those words out from your spirit. And many times that's how it begins. But as you continue to pray, there'll be a time where you'll sense a greater anointing. You, you'll, you'll sense someone taking hold with you. Now, for example, let's say I want to move this, this pulpit, and it's really not that heavy. I could lift it by myself. But let's say someone sees me starting to lift this up, and they decide they're going to come and help me. Well, don't you think I would notice when they would take hold together with me? that the load would get easier. 
And that's how it is praying in the Holy Spirit. Notice it says that that he maketh intercessions with us, with groanings which can't be uttered. He takes hold of this burden we have, this, this, this individual or these circumstances that, that we want the Lord's assistance in, and you begin sensing him praying now with you in a greater measure. He's not just now giving you words, but he's actually now, his voice is actually praying out from your spirit with the words that you're speaking. And then there may be times when you won't even be praying outwards. It says that you can, he'll make intercession through you with groanings. Sometimes it'll be tones. Sometimes it'll be just utterances that don't sound like a language. But yet, he's effectively bringing about the answer. I want you to notice in verse 27, and this is, this is real important. Now remember, you have a need and you want to pray about something that you don't know how to pray about. So you begin soliciting the help of the Holy Spirit. You tell him your desire for him to help you as you pray. And then you begin to, to speak out the words that he gives you. And then you sense him taking hold with you. Notice what verse 27 says. That the Holy Spirit is now giving you words, praying for that person or that situation. Or me, trying to determine where I'm supposed to go in ministry. Or maybe, who, who, who should I... Should I marry this person? I mean, if you know that, that if you want to in, get into a relationship with, this, a, with lifetime commitment, wouldn't you like to know what that person's going to be like in 20 years? How many you know people change? But in the moment, that person is the perfect one for you. Well, you pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he'll go, yeah, that, that's the one. Or maybe, uh, uh. <laughs> right? Amen. Now, see, the Lord told me to marry Marianne. We've been together, well, we'll cross the, four, the 45th year uh, this September 10th. Well, he told me to marry her. I mean, you know, he knew what she'd be like when she is, I'm not going to say how old she is now, but he, that she, what she'd be like after 45 years. I trust that, that he, told, <laughs> he told you to marry me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, I don't want to go off on this, 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 this venture, but you understand that, that when it comes to an important decision, don't make that decision based on what you know, and don't make that decision based on your emotions or your feelings. Amen. Because they change. Yeah. Amen. All right, now what are we talking about? Here's the Holy Spirit. Now he's now searching the hearts. And he knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Really, we could say he knows he, the will of God. 
See, the Holy Spirit will always pray in your behalf in those areas that you don't know what the answer is according to God's will. Amen? And he makes intercession with us. Remember, he's not praying for us. He's praying with us. See, if I don't set my hand to this pulpit, this guy isn't going to come and help me by lifting the pulpit. Does that make sense? We always initiate it first to give the Holy Spirit something to grab a hold of. And if you're looking for the Holy Spirit to just overwhelm you and start speaking out of you, it's not going to happen. He can only put his hand to what you and I set our hand to. Now notice that he will make intercession with us according to the will of God. Well, if you're making prayers according to the will of God, couldn't you consider that that's a perfect prayer? I mean, you know, that's not something we can always do on our own. Why? Because we have an infirmity. We have a weakness. We don't know how to pray as we ought or to pray like God would have us to pray. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can. And we do. Amen? So now you're praying according to the will of God. Amen. So that means you're praying the perfect prayer about something that you don't know. How powerful is that? I want to give you an example of this. This is several years ago. This is when our two oldest boys were living with us in our house. And because we live in Colorado, a lot of us are hunters. And so that means that we, uh, you know, grab our, our guns, <laughs> we go in the woods, and we go hunting. And so this was hunting season, and our son decided to go with a group of friends and went up in the mountains to hunt. Well, my wife was sensing that something wasn't right about this hunting trip. She just had an uneasy feeling. Well, she had an infirmity. She didn't know how things were going at the hunting camp. But yet, something that was kind of like a... She just sensed in her heart that something was going to go wrong. And so she went to the Holy Spirit and said, Look, I don't know what's going on with our son and with those friends that he's camping with, but you said that if I would, if I would solicit the help of the Holy Spirit, that I could make a prayer for that person I'm praying for, even though I don't know how to pray, but with his help, I can pray the perfect will of God for that individual. So she started praying for our son. She just started praying in other tongues. How long did you pray? How long? She prayed 30 to 40 minutes, she prayed. And when you... When you have the Holy Spirit help you, you can't put a time limit on it. In fact, I, I probably shouldn't have said 30 to 40 minutes, because now you know, you're thinking, okay, i got to set the clock before I start praying. No, that's not how spiritual prayer works. Spiritual prayer is that you stay with it until you get a release. You stay with it until you get a peace. You stay with it until you get a knowing. 
Well, uh, maybe I, what happens if I don't get that? Well, then you, you pray as long as you can and say, Lord, we'll stop here and I'll pick this up later. And then you pick it up and you just start off where you just left off. Sometimes we're not making the, the connection because of us. Because we're staying more up here than down here. But when you, be, when you become comfortable uh, with the Holy Spirit praying through you, that the, these, time refrain, these time barriers will begin to decrease. It's, it's like childbirth. For the most part, every woman who gives birth to their first child, labor takes a long time. My wife was in labor for 24 to 26 hours on the first birth. The second birth labor was <clears throat> five hours. And the third child was 12 hours. But 24, <laughs> it was a long time. It was the first time. But once you get comfortable with the Holy Spirit, these times of intercession and the, and the Holy Spirit helping you will decrease. <clears throat> but remember, we're not praying according to the clock. We're praying by sensing what's being processed on the inside of us. Amen? Well, she prayed for however long it was, and then all of a sudden, she, it seemed, I want to say that she seemed to have a release. Many times people call uh, prayer at, when you're interceding in the Spirit as a burden. Well, that mean, the burden is that there, it seems like things aren't right. But when that lifts and you start having a peace, you start having a joy, that means that you, you, you have prayed it through, so to speak. That's what the old-timers would say. You pray it through. And that just means that you, you have prayed to the point where you're released from that burden. You have a peace and a joy. And so you go into a place where you're, you're giving thanks to the Lord. Well, she got to that place. And she noted on her watch what time she was praying. Well, I don't know if it was the next day, several days. The next day, our, our son came home. And... Uh, when she had some quiet time with him later on, he, she asked him, she said, uh, okay, so let me rewind the tape. <laughs> and I've told this story this way a lot of times, so I need to make an adjustment. What happened is, is our son hadn't gotten home yet after she had prayed for him and everything was okay. And she ran out, uh, she ran into a neighbor of ours at the store. And did Peggy have... I think she knew someone who was up there. She, this neighbor knew somebody that was up there at the hunting camp with our son, and she relayed to Marianne a story. And they were around the camp, and one of the rifles uh, went off. You know the old story about cleaning the gun and the gun goes off? Well, that happened. And apparently it wasn't our son, but it was someone else. And he sensed the bullet. He actually got hit in the leg with it. He was pointing the barrel down and it, and it went off. Apparently he went to the hospital. Well, guess what? The exact time 
that my wife was praying was when the incident took place. So we have to uh, uh, consider that maybe more damage could have happened if she hadn't have prayed. But here's what I want you to get. If you have a loved one that you just have an uneasy about, you can pray about what you don't know about that person. You, you can pray about a root that could be the cause of what's about to happen. And you can pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll take the time to keep praying until you get a release, then you've got the perfect will of God for that individual. And that is awesome. It is so powerful to be able to do that. Sometimes when you're praying for another, see the, the word intercessor or intercession, it denotes taking the place of another. You see, when Jesus hung on the cross, he wasn't up there for himself. He was doing what? He was taking our place. He became our intercessor. So there are times that you'll begin interceding for someone and you're actually taking their place. You're representing them before God. And if they have an illness, a sickness, you may begin feeling like you have it. If they're lost and don't know the Lord, you may start feeling like you're lost and without God. And so you begin to take their place. And so once that happens, you just continue to pray it through until those symptoms leave you. And now you just got that for that person. And this is why praying with other tongues is so vitally important for us. And what happens is it makes... Our, our prayer time become so much more powerful because now it's not just you praying. Now you're praying with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it is awesome. Now, I'm going to look at two other areas and because uh, I'm trying to get done by 8 o'clock. Is that Okay. The, the fourth reason that being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important, number four, put up Acts 19.6. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is the doorway or is the entranceway into God being able to work the gifts of the Spirit through you. Now see, there are nine gifts, or could we call it manifestations of the Holy Spirit that is upon you. There's three that say something. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. There are three that do something. And uh, that is uh, special faith, gifts of healing, the working of miracles. And there's three that reveal something. Discerning or actually seeing into the spirit realm, the discerning the spirits, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. And so once you are filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you spend time praying in other tongues, these gifts now begin to work in you. And you can learn how to yield to them. You can learn how to allow Him to manifest through these nine individual 
manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Notice it says here in Acts 19, 6, that when Paul laid his hands on these, they had just been baptized and were born again. They're now born of the Spirit. Therefore, now they're qualified to receive the infilling or the baptism or the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he laid hands on them, and notice it says that the Holy Ghost came on them. It didn't say it came in them, because he was already in them. No, he came on them like a cloak, like an anointing, like a mantle, like an endowment of power. Came on them, they began to speak with tongues, and then they began to operate in one of the vocal gifts of the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And this is why becoming filled with the Holy Spirit and then developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit by praying in other tongues opens the door to these spiritual gifts and manifestations. And they're very powerful and they're very awesome. The fifth benefit of being filled is that when you speak in tongues, it reminds you of God's in eternal and indwelling presence. You see, there was a time when I would consider, am I really going to heaven? Because sometimes you have feelings that, that contradict what the truth of the Word of God says. According to the Word, I was born again and on my way to heaven. But you know, you, you, you sometimes you, you get a little down. But then I would start praying in other tongues. And I'd go, wow, I'm speaking words that I never learned. That's God empowering me to do that. And I had a confidence that I was his child, that I was born again. You, so you can't see a person's heart. But if I'm doing something the Bible says that I'll do with his help, then that becomes, I don't want to call it a sign, but it gives you the confidence that you're a part of him and that your life is secure. Amen? Amen. Amen. You, you know, when you and I are conscious of the Lord's presence in our life, and we can do that by praying in other tongues, It'll impact the way we live our life. If you're conscious right now that the Lord's with you, that he's right there with you, aren't you going to act a little different than if you were at a bar <laughs> and a bunch of crazy people around you acting a certain way? I'm telling you, when you pray in other tongues, even if you pray under your breath, I don't care what environment that you get into, you can be mindful of his presence. You can be mindful of who you are and what you have. And it can keep you in that place of protection and security. Amen? Amen. Now here's a benefit that we talked about. Let's call this benefit number five. We've already mentioned this. Remember when you pray in other tongues you speak out mysteries? 
I want you to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. When you and I pray in tongues regularly, see, sometimes people pull out these things when they're in trouble. And yeah, that's a good time to start <laughs> doing what the Bible says. But if you do it in times where you're not under pressure, then you, be, you begin to develop the relationship, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that also includes being led by the Spirit. Now, now look at this truth. Romans 8, 5, I'm reading from the King James. It says that the individual that are after the flesh, that means they're doing something with their body. It says that you then mind the things of the flesh. Have you, have you noticed that if you're in front of the TV set or, or you know, you're at a ball game or, you know, you're playing softball or, 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 or whatever you're doing and it begins, your mind has to be on that activity. Do you notice that very rarely do you hear from the Lord? Well, that's because your mind is on carnal or physical things. Isn't that what that verse is saying? Yes. Don't make me talk about the bathroom I had up at 321 Sprague. It was anointed. It was anointed. It says that they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but the person who is after the spirit or doing spiritual things or doing those things which activate our spirit, Amen. that now you become attentive of the things of the spirit. This is what's so powerful in praying on other tongues. It makes your spirit active. This is why worship is so powerful. Because you begin minding the things of the spirit. Your mind now gets on the spirit and you begin to recognize things from your spirit. So understand that you can increase your recognition of the Holy Spirit and his leadings, that inward witness, when you spend time praying in other tongues, which causes your spirit man now to be active in the midst of your mind and your body. And that's why a lot of people never, or very rarely, hear from the Holy Spirit because they never take the time to get in the Spirit. In the Spirit is a term that many people consider it only being when something spectacular happens, like a vision, like hearing a voice, like having a dream. No, in the Spirit is just that you're more mindful of your spirit than you are your mind and your body. And that's why sometimes it benefits us that when you worship, close your eyes. Yes. Praying in the Holy Ghost, close your eyes. Now, don't do that if you're driving the car and praying in other tongues. You, you understand what I'm saying. But when you, when you close your senses while your spirit is active, you're going to have a lot more awareness of the Holy Spirit and his leading. 
that's what I did for that week in my bedroom praying about where I should go. I wasn't watching TV. I wasn't watching the ball game. I wasn't going for a walk. I wasn't eating. Or my mind would be on the natural things. What I did is just prayed in other tongues, read the word of God, talked to God, and so my spirit was active, which made me sense his guidance. And we're, star we're still, after 38 years, walking in that guidance. That's how powerful it is when you follow God. Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're real. You are a divine purpose. And you're inside of each and every one of us because we've been born again. But we know that Jesus told us that believers would speak with tongues. Jesus said to wait and be endowed with power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And then we saw that on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came in like a wind and fire. He, being a divine person, sat on every one of them. And they began to speak in other tongues. I thank you that in this day and age, we can be filled. For that promise is not only for them, but it's been extended to all believers until Jesus returns. Lord, help us to hunger after the Holy Spirit. Help us to hunger in praying in other tongues. And help us to begin developing a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit by allowing him to pray through our lips. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you next time. There's nothing worth more.